Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences. So we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. Hi, this is Lauren Wong, founder and CEO of The Flex Company. We're creating more comfortable periods for everyone. We're based in Los Angeles, like hands down self-doubt. Like I said, I started working in a big corporate world at a very young age, and I got lots of feedback um, from men and from women that sometimes was definitely warranted. And I and I have I subscribed to having a growth mindset. And so I really appreciate and love feedback and I've grown a lot from it. But looking back, some of the feedback was really unfair. Like somebody once told me that he didn't like my voice, that I talk like a valley girl. And I realized I'm like, I'm the youngest oh person who works here by 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 like 10 years. Um, this wasn't at IBM, it was at a different company. And I but it's like those types of like microaggressions build up over time and it really makes you doubt yourself. And when I quit my job to start flex, I had multiple people call me and say, you can't do this. You've never even been a CMO. How are you going to be a CEO? Like you still have so much to learn. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I do still have so much to learn, but I got to follow my heart and I just need to get out there and do it. And but I find over and over again, especially with women that I talk to, and it's not exclusive to women, but a lot of women that I talk to are like, well, I have this idea, but I just need to, I just need to blank. Right. Or sometimes I've talked to people that are like, well, I always wanted to, but I can't because I don't have, you know, and I, I really truly believe that if we had more women telling other women, like, yes, you absolutely can. And like, maybe you fail, but at least you tried. That is like, we need more women telling other women that. So that's what I want to tell every woman that wants to start a business, like get out there and do it. There's more female, small business owners than male business owners. So like, just go girl, do it. A hundred percent, a hundred. And it's funny on an interview I did earlier today, we talked about how no one has the answers. Even if you've been in business for 22 years, we're all constantly trying to figure it out. It's only a perception that seems like everyone on stage has the answers. We're all, we're all just 
like the guarantee you have as an entrepreneur is that every day you're going to have a new challenge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And sometimes like being an outsider, I think brings an advantage, like me being from Georgia, from a small town and like the struggle that I face as a child and as a teenager and everything that I went through in my life conditioned me super, super well to be an entrepreneur, right? All that struggle and strife and pain and heartache conditioned me for all the ups and downs of being, being a CEO and a startup CEO. So I think even though I didn't go to, you know, like Stanford or Harvard or Haas or whatever, I don't have my MBA, like it kind of gives me an advantage in some ways because I look at problems a little bit differently. And there's nothing wrong with going to those schools as well. They give you phenomenal training, um, but you don't, you don't need a pedigree to right. be successful in business. Hi everyone, my name is Liza Goldberg. I'm a student at Stanford University and a research scientist at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center. And at NASA, I use satellites to monitor global changes in tropical forests. I'm based in Washington, DC. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I first developed the opportunity through just the science that I had done at NASA. So when I first stepped into NASA when I was 14, I had this kind of crazy goal of creating this global scale, you know, real-time uh, mangrove ecosystem monitoring initiative. And so I spent the last couple of years kind of building that up. It's like a lot of coding, a lot of learning how to use satellites and, and remote sensing. And because of that research, um, my mentors at NASA really pushed me to get it out to the world and start speaking at scientific conferences. You know, in the science world, you kind of disseminate your information in two means. Um, the first is through papers, through scientific journals, and the second is through conferences. So conferences were huge for me to really feel like my research had value and that I had something to say even in this world of, of grown-up scientists as, as a high schooler. In terms of developing the confidence to be able to speak in these environments, for me, having a network of people and a team of people who really saw me for my work and not for my age or my qualifications was so critical. So I think surrounding yourself by people who lift you up and, and don't care about all of those things really can help you feel like you know your research has worth and what you have to say in these kinds of high-stress environments is still is still worth it. Do you ever experience imposter syndrome? I do. I still experience imposter syndrome really every day. I think um, I've definitely come a long way from the 14-year-old walking into NASA um, just because I've been able to recognize the work that I've been able to do. Um, and I've gotten validation from those around me again. But, you know, it's hard. It's always hard as a woman in science um, walking into these rooms. I usually do kind of a mental head count, how many women, how many men um, in the room when I walk into these meetings. And it's intimidating. I think also once you have role models too in the field who are women and who do these things and who step up in front of all of these men and, and you know, talk about their research, it becomes easier and easier to feel like you have a place to do that too. Just to put myself out there, like I experience imposter syndrome every day as well. At least for me, it's yet to go away. So I don't know. It might be fun to interview someone was like, yeah, I used to have imposter syndrome, but no more. Like, it's definitely not my story. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's hard. I, I don't think you'll find many people whose imposter syndrome has gone away. Even, you know, you see interviews from some of the most high profile um, women in particular in the world and some men too, who still feel that way. Um, and I think it's the combination of having humility but you need that confidence as well. 100%. You're so cool. What would you say is one huge obstacle? We've talked a lot about your wins, but what's one huge obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? 
So a really big focus in the scientific community is just kind of starting and doing analysis just for the sake of publication. There's this mindset called the publish or perish mindset, where the goal is just, you know, publish as many papers as you can, um, just kind of get your work out there, um, see your metrics on things like Google Scholar go up. And really from the beginning, I wanted to challenge myself to kind of defy that mindset and see, you know, what potential applications can my research have outside of the world of publication. And so it was kind of um, challenging that narrative for myself. And then being in front of other people who haven't really thought about challenging that narrative has definitely been uh, an obstacle for me. And it's also difficult, too, as I think about climbing in my own career. You know, how do you do that if you don't just want to publish papers all the time? It's a big question. And it's one that I think the whole scientific community is still kind of grappling with. But I think we're definitely moving in the right direction. Hey, this is Farah. I'm a co-founder of Editor. Editor is an online platform and we auto-generate subtitles for your videos in over 70 languages. We're based in London, England. Yeah, of course. So we were inspired to make Editor because I myself, I started making videos and I noticed that a lot of videos have subtitles on and there's a big push on accessibility recently, which I think is very, very, very needed. So yeah, I was like, let me try and put some subtitles on my video. This is going to be easy. Um, It was in fact not, (laughs) not easy. So yeah, everything that I tried, I just found a bit clunky. The kind of person I am, if I want to do it, I want to do it and I want to do it now. And I want it to be relatively easy if I see that as an easy task. And I found that I was spending a lot of my time trying to add subtitles without even editing the video (laughs) at that point. So yeah. So the UI of Editor is so clean. What are some of the features of Editor? How is it different than everything else out there? So we've actually got quite a lot of features considering how long we've been out. We have an upload from your phone option. So with COVID, loads of QR codes about everyone knows what everyone knows the drill now. Um, And for the more casual kind of blogger type people who are going to be on Instagram, we're going to have their phone out. Sometimes you just want a quick upload. You don't want to have to send it, put it on, uh, send it however way you send it. So yeah, we have a QR code for that and it just takes it from your phone. Um, we can edit timestamps. Um, so change the time around for your subtitles, edit the subtitles. You can style them, position them. You can resize your video for different socials. So this, is what, this wasn't something I was personally aware of when I was making my videos. I just thought, take a video put it on any social done that is definitely not the case (laughs) um every different platform has different aspect ratios so you make that nice and easy for you by having preset options our big release that we've had recently is translations um so you can make your content go global um by just simply selecting the language you want and we can choose we've integrated over 70 languages so honestly 70 languages absolute madness and it's all just done by a simple click um so it means that you can reach a much wider audience which is really really exciting our feedback has been that's one of the most helpful and sought after i mean this is incredible so like my youtube videos are in english so if i wanted to make my youtube videos in spanish i would just choose spanish but if i'm not a fluent spanish speaker what would you recommend i do to make sure that the subtitles read accurately yeah no that's a great question so um you would obviously you'd speak in english 
you'd get all your subtitles in English to start with. That's what we're defaulted to. And then you can edit your subtitles in English. And then after you've made your changes and you your subtitles say exactly what they want, you want them to say, you just click the button and select Spanish and then editor does it for you essentially. So as long as you edit what you want, because it's not 100% accurate, it's going to be accurate when you ch when you change it. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.